Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and PhD with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamline, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. My co-host Larry Dersham and I have a great show for you tonight. And what a day it has been. And I know I'm not just talking about CPAC and the speakers. I'm talking about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that was approved today. This is big news because remember, up till now, there have been two options available. And with the rollouts accelerating, people are delighted to have a third option on the table. Now, in the second half, we're going to have an expert who's going to tell us a little bit more about whether or not it's safe. How is it different? Should you get it? Should you get this instead of the the first two? Remember, the Johnson & Johnson is a one-shot deal, so it's one and done as opposed to one and then a booster a month later. But one of the other reasons that this is such a hot topic is we have already been seeing a few cases, one out of New York that received a lot of press, where you have people being fired or threatening to fire somebody if they go to work and they come back and they're back they're not remote working anymore, but they're also not vaccinated. So the question becomes, should you, if you don't want the vaccine, have to choose between health and wealth? So we've all heard of no shoes, no shirt, no service. Well, this is no shot, no salary. Is it legal? That's what we're talking about. Is it legal under state law? And what about federal law. I mean, after all, the FDA approval of these vaccines is not after years of clinical trials, but for emergency use, which is not the same thing as our guest will talk about during the second hour. So we have people that literally want to watch and wait. They're saying, you know, I really would rather not be part of the clinical trials. I would rather wait. And especially since the cases are dropping or at least they've plateaued. I want to know a little bit more about it because after all, knowledge is power, especially when making a decision that could potentially affect your health or your long-term health because we don't know a lot about it. Um, But, you know, Larry, constitutionally and legally and, you know, all the different things we talk about on the show, where do we draw the line in deciding how really do we make sure that an employer is furnishing a place of employment that's safe and healthful under the labor code for its employees, but not violating their rights statewide or federally. I think those kind of cases, Wendy, will go on for a long time. And in my view, it depends on how frightened people are of a of this disease or the next disease to come, uh, whether the constitutional rights will fall, fall in line with if people are really scared they'll find a constitutional right to force people to have a vaccine. But it's just going to really be interesting to follow this through the courts as this develops. I know there are countries even that are considering making it mandatory to have a vaccine to get into the country. Uh, I can see it happening with the airlines if you want to fly. And it's just going to be fascinating. We've never been through this before. I know we had the Spanish flu back in 1918. And so it wasn't as bad as this. And so it's it's fascinating, 
but I don't know where it's going to fall down. I think, again, it will depend on how frightened people are of this disease. They will force legislators to enact things, and then it will go to the courts. Well, here's another interesting question, Larry, on this topic is if you've already had COVID and many people already have the antibodies, some didn't even know they had it. In fact, many uh, didn't know they had it. Do you still need a vaccine? And then what about the question regarding if you have been vaccinated, does that mean you're not going to get it? After all, what they're saying is if you do, it won't be as bad. But can you transmit it? Perhaps you live with somebody that for whatever reason, underlying health conditions, perhaps, is not a candidate for the vaccine. So, so many unanswered questions. But as a practical matter, you know, one of the things that everyone's talking about as we make plans to go back into the workplace is under what circumstances do employers have, let's say, a better argument that they can require vaccination? That famous case out of New York where um, the woman was fired, sadly, after working a 13-hour shift on Valentine's Day. I suppose there was no love lost after that. That's a really a lousy way to get to get this notice of termination. Um, but, you know, the restaurant on its part said it's going to re- relook at its policies and really make sure that it's doing the right thing. So everybody's thinking here, but it should depend at least for argument's sake on what you do for a living. You know, some of our colleagues, Larry, in the legal field, they call themselves desk jockeys. They sit behind a desk and they I don't want to say they push paper around because it's very important they, what they're doing is very important. They would make that joke as well but they're not in court in other people's faces all day long. Whereas if you're in the healthcare field, that is by definition what you do for a living. Let's say you're a dental hygienist or you're a dentist or you're a doctor. You have to see patients up close and personal. So we already know there's a built-in argument that you have to be safe in that type of environment. In fact, the flu shot has been mandated in many of these healthcare settings. So why couldn't we... Uh, in a setting like that, mandate a vaccine of some sort. Unless, of course, you have either a religious or a medical exception, in which case maybe you're not the best person to be um, looking into somebody's mouth or or examining them on an operating table. What do you think? I, I think it's going to be in the schools if you want to be admitted to the, back into the school for the kids. Just yeah. like they already have vaccination cards, you have to show those vaccination records uh, to be admitted to That's the right. class. So this will probably be part of that. And uh, it's just going to be spreading uh, to different industries as we watch this unfold. But the good news is it's yeah. not that deadly of a disease compared to what it could be. Uh, so that's on the bright side. And I understand you're following some some other news, Larry, in terms of uh, uh, equality in a different sense. Right. Now, this is very frightening uh, to me. The House passed what's called the Equality Act. They passed that Thursday, February 25th. And the purpose of it, they say, is to ensure equal treatment for the LGBTQ community. Now, it moves on to the Senate. It's not a law yet, but it's moving on to the Senate. And as you know, we have 100 senators in the United States, uh, two per state. And it's going to take 10 Republican votes to get this passed, because usually the Democrats kind of hang together and they all vote as a block. So, uh, but they're going to have to get 10 Republicans. Now here's the problem with it, Wendy. It eliminates the religious freedom restoration act of 1993, which is abbreviated refra for short. They will force houses of worship to comply. That means Wendy men and women's changing rooms, boys onto girls, sports teams, 
and we have already seen evidence of that, they're stealing scholarships and trophies from these women who have worked so hard because they're biological men and they are transitioning to what they call themselves to be women. And also, under this act, pedophiles can get into daycare centers and you can't say a thing if this passes. Okay, so what if you resist? Here's what will happen. You can lose your tax exemption. Well, that's everything to churches. If, if people that give donations to churches can't write that donation off, that's huge. Also, schools that don't comply with this Equality Act could lose their accreditation. And as we know, that's everything. If you want to get into a state university or one of these Ivy Leagues and you come from a school that has lost its accreditation, it's, it's kind of over for your career. Churches, synagogues, you know, mosques will be forced to violate their sincerely held religious beliefs. They'll have to bow down to this new law if it passes, Wendy. You know, I think that whenever we talk about um, laws like this, uh, we want to ensure equality for everyone. Nobody disagrees with that. You know, it seems like most of the objections are about what could happen if. So, for example, we value freedom of religion no matter what religion you have and even if you don't have a religion so i think what some of the pushback every time we talk about issues like this is in ensuring equality for everyone we don't want to inadvertently cause discrimination to anyone um, there's nothing about being a member of the lgbtq community that makes you likely to commit a crime or likely to have bad intentions Yet we worry sometimes unnecessarily when we talk about people losing their status because you have girls and boys playing the same sports together. It seems like um, these these bills are so controversial that people really should read them before making their own decision. I mean, that's what we always advocate is read the bill and then then make a decision. Um, It seems to me, Larry, that a bill like this really doesn't stand much of a chance in the Senate. I understand it passed the House. And I also understand that Republicans are are divided more than they have traditionally been, but they need to get 10 senators, wouldn't they, they to be able to vote this in? They, in the they, they do, Wendy. And folks, here here's the deal. If you have a daughter, and I, I have two, and, uh, and you have men like the football team, Say, well, I think I feel like I'm a woman today. Let's go into the woman's shower. Are you kidding me? What if you're at a restaurant? Your beautiful wife goes into the restroom and you see some men follow her in. Would you stand there? Would you defend your wife? This is going to be chaos. So here's what I want you to do, folks. Fax the Congress. Now you say fax. That is so old fashioned. Well, Every Congress member has to have a fax. It's required by law. They have to keep them on. So that makes a lot of difference. You can email them and you can call them. And I'm asking everybody that believes as I do that this Equality Act is misnamed. It's unequal act. Get involved, folks. Yeah, we assume that we assume that everything is going to be done in good faith. And with every single law that passes, that's our assumption that everybody's going to act with good faith. And you won't have people abusing the rights that they have. Um, and that seems to be part of the concern here. Not that it's not well meant and not for, and good people won't follow it like they're supposed to, but that it might be abused. And wouldn't it be a great world? I suppose, Larry, you and I as lawyers would be out of a job if everybody could obey the law. Okay, don't touch that dial, folks. We're talking about faxes. We might as well talk about TV dials, I suppose, nostalgically in the same sentence. After the break, we have some hot vaccine news coming up. 
and a very important guest. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. We'll be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamlined. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. Well, we've been talking about the vaccines and the fact that today, speaking of today with Dr. Wendy, today we have a third choice, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which only requires one shot. And it is very different in many different ways. And if you're trying to decide which one to get, I would advise you to read about all of them. Talk to your doctor. Do the research that's necessary because knowledge is power. But on the topic of vaccines in general, tonight we're joined by an expert who knows a thing or two about them. Larry, who do we have on the line? Yes, Wendy. Del Bigtree is one of the preeminent voices of the vaccine risk awareness movement. His career as an Emmy-winning producer of the CBS talk show, The Doctors, changed profoundly when he produced the documentary Vaxxed, From Cover-Up to Catastrophe, which is credited with igniting a revolution against the pharmaceutical tyranny around the world. Now Dell's internet news show, The High Wire, is the fastest-growing program in the natural health arena with over 75 million views. His nonprofit, the Informed Consent Action Network, or ICANN, is leading worldwide investigations into the drug and vaccine fraud that have already resulted in multiple winning lawsuits against the U.S. government agencies such as Health and Human Services, the National Institutes of Health, CDC, and the FDA. But probably Dell's best known for his powerful speeches that weave shocking truth, searing wit, and dynamic passion into an experience that is often described as electrifying. Welcome to the program, Dell. Oh, that's a, quite an intro. Thank you for having me. I appreciate <laughs> good being here. <laughs> wow. You know, I would say today, Dell is probably best known because he lives in Texas for helping people navigate their cars out of ditches during the last ice storm, because he comes from Colorado and he knows how this works. So, Dell, I mean, your, your bravery and, and valiant effort in helping your fellow neighbors and Texans uh, over the course of last week, I mean, God bless you for all of the work that you did there. Talk about uh, really sort of the immediate issues that are facing the world. Yes, a lot of people die of COVID, but some people die in those storms too. So thank you for, for helping out like that. Thank you. I mean, it was. It was quite a storm here. And when you come from Colorado, my friends in Colorado might be laughing because, you know, there wasn't a lot of snow. It was just a couple of inches. But the truth is, and I just I want to put this out there for anyone that lives in the South that's never seen an ice storm or that type of cold for that many days. If you're driving up a hill, you need to keep enough momentum to get up and over that hill. It was like playing Frogger uh. as the cars were sliding back towards you. Yes, you got to be careful. Uh. Drive slow, but you had to drive fast enough to get up the hills. I think that was the biggest issue I saw 
with the Texas drivers here who had never seen anything like that before. Well, hey, Dale, oh Del, I'm going to uh, dive right into this. What yeah. can you tell us about the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986, which I guess started a program called the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's a really important question because we hear that vaccines are safe and effective. Um, one of the problems that we have is if it's so safe and effective, why is it one of the only products in the world that is totally protected from um, liability? And so in 1986, the pharmaceutical industry blackmailed Ronald Reagan, essentially. They said, we're going to stop making all vaccines unless you protect us from liability. Why did they do that? Because in their own words, we are losing so much money from death and injury lawsuits that we cannot make a profit on vaccines. Uh, when you look at all of the other drugs they make and the times they, they, they lose in court and pay out billions of dollars, whether it's Vioxx or Fen-Fen or recently Johnson & Johnson's talcum powder, which we now know had asbestos the whole time, paid out billions of dollars, uh, they don't lose money. They still made money. This product was so bad in the 1980s that they couldn't make a profit, and so therefore they, our government stepped in and took all liability away from the industry. So you cannot sue the manufacturer of a vaccine if it kills or injures you or kills or injures your children. Uh, you end up going to a sort of kangaroo court that's run by our government where they defend the product um, and, and use the Department of Justice lawyers against you. So just to be very clear, you're not suing Pfizer or Moderna in this case. You're going to be suing the Secretary of Health and Human Services. And they're going to use Department of Justice lawyers against you to say that you're wrong. And you're going to have to prove that the vaccine causes the injury that you saw with your own eyes. So when you're seeing these headlines of people that die, you know, one day after getting the COVID-19 vaccine or died in the waiting room. There's a lady a few days ago died in the waiting room. They were watching her after she received the vaccine. That, that family will have to sue Health and Human Services, go into a court that has no jury, has no judge, actually. It's a special master. No press is allowed. You're not allowed any um, um, discovery. You can't say, can I see what really happened behind the trials? Can I see the internal emails of all the CEOs and people that were discussing the issues? These are, this is how lawsuits are won. You need all that information. None of that is available to you. And so when you go into that court, you're going to say, look, my mother was perfectly healthy. She got that vaccine and then died 18 hours later. It has to be the vaccine. But they will say, well, look, our expert opinion is it's just it's not. And so what do you do? You're going to need to find science that proves you're right. And this is what's so incredible about the, 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 the way this is set up, the conflict of interest, is that health and human services, when you have to prove that the vaccine causes the injury that you've just seen with your own eyes, you have to provide science. Who's supposed to do the science? Health and human services. Mm. That, that's the mothership so that's in your opinion, the CDC, the FDA. So it's like, in, in that yeah. sense, it's like a murder case where the murderer is doing all of your forensics. And we've got to change that system. <laughs> okay, so as lawyers, uh, we appreciate the, the need for causation. Obviously, 
Um, you can't just prove correlation. You have to prove causation. And it seems like it should be absolutely so obvious, but I hear you courts still require proof. So Dale, first of all, I'm guessing you're not vaccinated. <laughs> um, no, I will not. I mean, okay. I, I make, okay. a, I make a, a, a point of not injecting my things that have never been properly safety tested against the placebo. Ah, okay. Well. So that leads me into the next question that I have. And right now, I know you haven't studied the Johnson & Johnson because it just came out today. Um, yeah. It is just one shot, which I suppose would be less of a risk than two shots. But in your opinion, what do people who have decided for whatever reasons that the um, that the risks outweigh the benefit of having a vaccine? How do they choose which vaccine to get? Um, we have just a little bit of time left, but just sort of the an outline of categories of factors maybe they want to consider, Dell. Well, I mean, I think that overall the side effects and, and how, what was the safety protocol? What was, dis, what was discovered in the trials themselves? For instance, the trials for Moderna and Pfizer were inconclusive. They were unable to show that it's going to stop your infection or stop transmission. And they keep saying that, even though it's now been out for a couple of months, that they don't believe it looks like it's going to stop infection or stop transmission. So that would be the first thing. Why am I taking it? I obviously want to stop the infection inside of me, and I want to not give it to those around me. So you should read the trials to see, did it actually achieve that? Um, and then look Good at you know, what side effects, how many people died during the trials. These are the things that you're going to have to look at. Personally, I, and I, what I think I just want everyone to know, whether it's Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, or Pfizer, the FDA has not approved these vaccines or licensed them. People need to realize that. This is an emergency use authorization. All that means is we've accepted that we've got very little safety profiles on them, but in the short term we've looked at them, we think it's okay to give you a right to try. As though uh, this is something that Donald Trump passed, you know, where you have a right to try a cancer drug if you're dying. Um, we don't want to leave people dying, and if there's a, something on trial and you think that drug looks good, you should be allowed to try it. That's essentially all that's happening. You're being allowed to try vaccines that are not finished with their safety studies. So there's no way to determine the risk-reward benefit. If you end up getting cancer, if 50% of people could get cancer, you know, three years down the road from this vaccine, we will look back and say that wasn't a very good risk-reward ratio because the, the percentage of people dying from the actual virus is 0.4%. 99.6% of people on the planet right now are experiencing what's described as a mild illness, uh, sniffles or a cough. So for that 0.4%, if you think you're one in that high-risk category, maybe you want to try this. But what you have to know is we don't know what this vaccine is going to do to you over the next three to five years. We don't know if it causes autoimmune disease. We don't know if it causes cancer. And what you should know is when it comes to Moderna and Pfizer trials, the animals were dying in the animal trials. They have a serious um, issue with both Moderna and Pfizer and the mRNA vaccine with something called antibody-dependent enhancement. What happened was they gave the vaccine to the animals. They looked healthy. They tested their antibodies. It looked like it was robust antibodies. But then they challenged them. It's something they don't do in, in human trials. They gave them the virus, and then they saw that the antibodies actually helped the virus proliferate in their cells and cause what's called a cytokine storm, which ended up being a catastrophe, a total immune system meltdown. That was virtually every animal trial before we started trying in human beings. So there's a chance that those... And just for our listeners, for our listeners, yeah. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but our cytokine storm is when your immune system sort of attacks itself to the extent it that itself. it is very dangerous, right? 
very dangerous. And both Moderna and Pfizer admitted that even though this happened in animal trials, that the trials on human beings, they have not really looked into that issue. They have no idea whether the vaccines are going to have that issue. So next year, people that have been vaccinated could potentially be in danger of coming in contact with the virus. And then the, the vaccine works like a catalyst to make their body overreact and turn their immune system on themselves. It's just, a, I want to make it clear, yeah. I'm not saying that this is going to happen. It's a theoretical possibility that I believe should be ruled out before someone, before innocent people take this product. No, I, that, that's, you know, that's a perfect way to end your segment, Dell, because um, you really sort of laid out there what people need to consider. And if you, you haven't heard any of this information, you know what, Google it. And it's, it's one of those things that um, there's lots of information on both sides of the vaccine debate. And why not read everything you can before making a decision that is so important? So we want to thank you to our guest and thank all of you, our listeners, for joining us. Have a wonderful, safe weekend. Join us next Saturday for more of Today with Dr. Wendy, headlines with a silver lining. Have a great week and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. 